بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ ٹوڈے از دا تھرٹیتھ آف ایپرو ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ وی موو ٹو دا تھرٹینتھ So inshallah today going through up to and including verse 34. So verse 32. Such i.e. is his state. And whoever holds in honor the symbols of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Such honor should truly come from the taqwa of the heart. So here in this glorious verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions that whoever honors, who venerates, yu'azzim, the signs of Allah, this is a sign of taqwa. فَإِنَّهَا مِن تَقْوَ الْقُلُوبِ So there's a few things mentioned. So in Surah Baqarah, Surah 2 verse 158, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a few of these signs. إِنَّ الصَّفَا وَالْمَرْوَةَ مِنْ شَعَائِرِ اللَّهِ Behold, Safa and Marwa are amongst the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what does the Quran say? If you honor the signs, this is a sign of taqwa. So even mountains, you're supposed to honor. And also, Like I mentioned in the previous verse, verse 28, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِيَشْحَدُوا مَنَافِعَ لَهُمْ That they may witness things that benefit them. So Allah Ta'ala mentions the maqsad of the hajj, that when you go, you will see things that will benefit you. But they will only benefit you if you venerate them. And you can only venerate them if you prepare them. So the Holy Qa'bah, The Holy Prophets, alayhi salatu wasalam, the Black Stone, the Maqam of Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wasalam, the Yemeni Kona, the Multazam, Zamzam, Safa and Marwa, etc, etc. These are all the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why if you do not prepare, you are actually going to cause more harm, not only to yourself, but to the Ummah. Because there's a report. In Ibn Majah, number 3110, Ahmad in his Musnad, 4-347, Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf, and Fattal Bari. Our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the khair, i.e. the goodness, the well-being of this entire ummah, will not cease as long as they azamu hadihil hurmat as long as they magnify, revere this sanctuary as its right, its due. However, when they lose this, i.e. essential magnification, reverence, halaku, then they are destroyed. So here in this report, the Prophet said that the goodness of the entire ummah will not stop as long as they magnify this harm. So think about that. Look at the sanctuary of the Haram. If you honor it, Allah Ta'ala will honor this Ummah. But if you lose that, you are destroyed. Halaku, destruction. 
And Hafiz ibn Hajar explained in Fatul Bari, number 1586, meaning the Kaaba, whilst others said Makkah. So the difference, only difference is, is it only referring to the Kaaba or is it referring to Makkah? Ibn Hajar said it refers to the Kaaba. When you use veneration for it, then the entire Ummah will suffer. And are we not suffering? Astaghfirullah. And also, Makkah itself, why do more scholars say Makkah? Because it mentions in the commentary of Mishkat Mazayri Ihaq that Mak, Mak means to ruin or to destroy. Thus Makkah ruins or destroys sins or it ruins or destroys the sinner within. So this is beauty of the Arabic language. Why is Makkah called Makkah? Because it ruins or destroys. So what does it ruin or destroy? Hopefully your sins. But if you don't venerate it, it will destroy you. That's why it's called Makkah. And also in Sayyid Bukhari, number 6882, Mishkat number 142, our beloved messenger said, three are the most hateful in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mulhidun fil haram. Those who commit profanity in the haram. This is one of the three whom Allah Ta'ala detests the most. Three are the most hateful in the sight of Allah. Meaning you are destroying yourself. You have angered your Lord to a very high degree. One is the one who doesn't show respect to the haram. Explaining again the verse of the Quran. And also, the Prophet the hadith is in Nasai Tirmidhi Hassan Sahih Ibn Majah when he was forced to leave Makkah. He turned around and he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, You are the best land of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the most beloved land to him. If my people had not forced me, I would never have left you. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was explaining how sanctified the land is. He goes, you're the best land. You're the most beloved to Allah ta'ala. I would never have left you. But my people have forced me to leave. So this shows again the veneration that the land deserves. Now question. How many people have that veneration or even bother about it? Book your ticket, get your ihram, jobs are good. And the response is, jobs are destruction, not jobs are good. You've destroyed yourself. And you've also destroyed the ummah of the Prophet in the process because you've had no veneration for the haram. And all of this is essential. So Allah Ta'ala is mentioning here those who honor the symbols of Allah. This is from taqwa. This is a person of taqwa. So if you look at the companions of the Prophet Abdullah ibn Abbas the hadith is in Abu Na'im al-Hilya one of his students said if you could have seen his veneration for anything sacred you would have wept. If you had seen his veneration for anything that is sacred you would have wept. So what was the student of Ibn Abbas saying? He goes, anything that was holy, he goes, if you saw how much he venerated it, he goes, you would weep. Now think about that. This is the companions of the Prophet Abdullah ibn Umar. What level did he take it to? He'd even look after a tree where the Prophet sat. Somebody asked, why is he watering this tree? Why is he so obsessed with this? He goes, once the Prophet sat under that tree, this is the veneration. So now, Shaykh Hamza, Shaykh Hamza Yusuf al-Maliki, Hafizahullah, what did he say? 
He said, there's a McDonald's in Mecca. And then he wept. Didn't laugh like some of us are doing, right? Because there's a McDonald's in Mecca. Why did he weep? Because he's a man of taqwa. People don't see this. They go, where's the veneration in that? McDonald's in Mecca. People are more, you know, they know where the, all the burger joints are in Mecca. That's veneration. So this is destruction to the Ummah of the Prophet So he also said, Shaykh Hamza, because if you want to see the health of the community, go to the prayer. You will see how healthy the community is. How many people attend Fajr? Two, three. There you go. That's your, that's your district. If you want to see the, the health of the extended community, attend the Jummah. And if you want to see the health of the entire Ummah, attend Hajj. And what's happening in Hajj, tractors are coming in to take the rubbish that people have thrown around the haram. Right? They need people to clean the haram. Professional workers. It's that respect. People are doing tawaf, smiling with selfies at the Kaaba Sharif. It's that respect for the haram. Complete destruction. And then these same people start crying, oh, what's happening in China? What's happening in Syria? And the response is, you've caused destruction. Go back to what the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And also, this is a sign of taqwa, the Quran says, when you honor the symbols of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So note, preparation is everything. And note, the verse is right in the middle of the passages of Hajj. Such is his state. Whoever holds in honor the symbols of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, such should surely come from the taqwa of the heart. So Allah ta'ala praises those who have shown veneration Ahi for the harm. Verse 33. In them, you have benefits for the term appointed. In the end, their place of sacrifice is near the liberated house. So what is them? So there's a report in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he recited the opening portion. Lakum fiha manafi'u ila ajalim musamma. In them you have benefits for the term appointed, he explained, until you decide to offer them a sacrifice. So in them is referring to the sacrificial animals. Right? Until you sacrifice them, said Ibn Abbas. In Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim, Anas radiallahu, he relates, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa saw a man driving a sacrificial animal and he was walking. The Prophet said, ride it. The man said, I'm going to sacrifice it, Ya Rasulullah. The Prophet said the second or third time, ride it, war to you. Ride it, war to you. So now what was the Prophet highlighting? This man thought that because the animal is going to be sacrificed, he can't benefit from it. He can't even ride it. So the Prophet said, ride it. And when he didn't listen, he goes, woe to you, write it. This is not veneration. So this is important. Veneration is not what you think. Veneration is what the Shariat says. He thought that was veneration. So a lot of people go around the Kaaba thinking this is veneration. No, it's not. It's your veneration. Your bakwas that you put into it. In Sayyid Muslim, Jabr radiallahu anhu relates that the Prophet sallallahu said, write it gently according to your needs. So the Prophet explained that you can't ride it, but do it gently, right? because the animal is going to be sacrificed. So now if you look at the verse, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? He says, in the end, their place of sacrifice 
is near the liberated house. So what does this mean? So Sheikh Sibli Naumani Rahmatullah in his Seerat al-Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Volume 1, page 126-7 on the English translation, he explained. First he calls a hadith in Imam Malik's Muwatta. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he pointed towards Marwa and he said, this is the place of sacrifice. And all mountains and valleys of Makkah are places of sacrifice. So where should you sacrifice? It's at Marwa. That's the area you sacrifice. But then he explained all the mountains and valleys of Makkah are places of sacrifice. The Sheikh explained. The offerings were not made at Marwa in the time of the Prophet but at Mina, which is three miles away from Makkah. In spite of that, the Prophet referred to Marwa as the site of sacrifice. Why? Because it was here that Ibrahim intended to sacrifice Ismail. What's happening at Marwa? Oh, Safa Marwa, brother. When they asked you what it was, what, what, what happened there? Why is it honored? How many of you knew that is that is the place where Ibrahim was going to sacrifice his son? The Sheikh then said, the Quran then says, and he quotes the verse, ثُمَّ And their place of sacrifice is the ancient house. As an offering to the Kaaba, Surah 5 verse 95, حَدْيَمْ بَالِغَ الْقَعْبَ Then he explained, Marwa is absolutely opposite next to the Kaaba. These verses make it clear that the original place of sacrifice is the Kaaba, not Mina. However, when the number of pilgrims multiplied, the limits of the Kaaba were extended to Mina. So this is the key point. If you just look at this verse, you will start panicking because you say, hang on a minute. I didn't offer my sacrifice at Marwa. My sacrifice was at Mina. Most people don't even know where the sacrifice is. It's all pre-booked now, mashallah. Like a can, you know, like a tin of beans, right? So, where was the sacrifice? It's supposed to be at Marwa. Why is it taking place in Mina? So the Sheikh explained that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi he explained, he goes, all the mountains and valleys of Makkah are places of sacrifice. But he only said that after Marwa. Why? Because the pilgrims have increased. It would be too much of a hardship. So therefore, what does Allah Ta'ala say? He says, in the end, their place of sacrifice is near the house. What's he referring to? He's referring to Marwa. So a person goes, I haven't acted upon that verse. No, you have. Because the Prophet was explaining that there's an extension due to the extensions that take place. Also, With regards to Mina, so obviously when you do Hajj, people should be aware of the places they're going to. And this is one of the clear signs. You ask a person who comes back from Hajj, where did you go? They went to Makkah. Where else did you go? Medina. What about in Makkah? Where did you go? So how many would say straight away, Mina, Muzdalifa, Arafat? If they don't know, they haven't done anything. They just book their tickets. So now Mina, why is Mina the place where it's extended to? So what's fascinating, again, all preparation, but unfortunately people are sleeping. 
In Qurtubi in his tafsir 3-7, Hafiz Azraki in his Akhbar Makkah 2-8, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu he said, Mina was named when Jibreel wasalam, intended to leave Adam wasalam. He asked Tamanna, do you now desire anything? Adam wasalam, replied, Atamanna al-Jannah, I desire paradise. This is why it is called Mina, due to the desire of Adam. Why do you go to Mina for? Isn't Makkah holy? And people even say, why am I sitting in a tent in Mina where there's no air conditioning? Do you honestly believe your fruitcake that Allah Ta'ala is going to make you do something stupid? Is that what you're actually accusing Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala of? That means that you're not a person of taqwa, you're an idiot. What's Mina? Mina is where our father came, unless you came from a monkey. Right? right. Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. What was he doing in Mina? He was learning the Hajjites. When Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam was going to leave, he said, Tamanna. Look at the Arabic. Tamanna. What's the place called? Mina. Because do you desire anything? And what did he say? I desire what? Five-star hotel. Atamanna al-Jannah. I desire paradise. Ibn Abbas said, this is why it is called Mina. This is why Allah Ta'ala honors that place because of Adam. What else do we know about Mina? In Nasai number 2988, Ahmed in his Musnad 2-148, Abu Ya'la ibn Hibar number 1029, Sahih, the Prophet said, 70 Prophets were born under a large tree in Mina. 70 Prophets were born under a large tree in Mina. Now think about that. They weren't worshipping there. They were born there. Their mothers gave birth to them under the same tree. Was that a coincidence? The mothers of prophets, what were they doing there? I thought our prophets' mothers going to hell. Right? 70 prophets' mothers gave birth to them there. What were they doing? They were doing hajj. They were doing Hajj and they wanted to give birth during Hajj. Well, who, which woman follows that sunnah? As soon as they get to a certain stage of pregnancy, you don't need to, you shouldn't go to Hajj now. Complete opposite of what the mothers of the prophets did. Why did Allah not allow the birth to take place in Makkah? Why Mina? Mina is a holy place. 70 prophets were born there. There's a tree, I don't know whether the tree is still there. But 70 prophets were born there. So when you go to Mina, ask people, why did you go to Mina? I got stressed out, but I was in a tent, there was no air conditioning. Well done, man. What else do we know about Mina? In Tabarani in his Kabir, number 13,525, Tabarani in his Ausat, Tabheeb, number 863, Al-Haytami in Majma'a az 3-297, and Shaykh Al-Bani, Rahmatullah, states, Hassan, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 70 prophets, Alayhi Salatu Wasallam, offered Salat in Masjid Al-Khif. Amongst whom was Musa, alayhi salatu wasalam. Seventy prophets are also buried there. Where's Masjid al-Khaif? In Donu, right? Masjid al-Khaif is in Mina. What did the prophet say? He's supposed to be preparing for Hajj. Hajj is coming around again. They all discuss the fiqh. My shoulder, should I empty my shoulder? Learn how the, to venerate the place first. Seventy prophets prayed in Masjid al-Khaif. Think about that. 70 prophets born in Mina, <coughs> 70 prophets prayed in Masjid al-Khaif. The Prophet mentioned one of them by name. 
Because Musa was one of them. The one that's the most frequently mentioned prophet in the Quran. Then he said, 70 prophets are buried there. Bole Bali Musulman, born there, buried there. What did the prophet say about the prophets? Prophets pass away where they love to be buried. Why did they want to be buried in Mina? Why not Makkah? Bole Bali Musulman. So what does that tell you? Allah loves that place so much that he's made the haji spend most of his time in Mina. Those of you doing the Hajj should understand that. If you haven't, then you haven't done Hajj. You spend most of your time in Mina when you do Hajj. Not in Makkah. Why? A person goes, Umar doing it. There you go. You should have prepared. So Mina is a very holy place. The shaitans are there as well. Where do you throw the stones at the shaitans? In Blackpool. Right? In Mina. What happens when you throw the stones at the shaitans? One report. In Bazar, Hassan ibn Hiban Sahih Abdul Razak Tarheeb. The Prophet said, For every pebble you cast, one major sin is forgiven. Without Tawbah. For every pebble you cast, one major sin. Why is it in Mina? Because this is again, why you do Hajj? To venerate Allah Ta'ala says, People of Taqwa venerate that place. People who haven't got a clue, they do the opposite, they cause destruction. Astaghfirullah. And also, Arafat. <laughs> you go to the person. What are we doing now? We're going to Arafat on a coach. But my coach let me down. Why do you go to Arafat? In Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabakat 1-39, Ibn Asakir 69-109, Tabadi in his Tariq 1-79. Abdullah Ibn Abbas, he said, Radiyallahu Wata'arafa Adam and Hawa recognized each other at Arafat. Hence, it is called Arafat. You ask a person, why is it called Arafat? It's named after the ex-Palestinian leader. No, it isn't, right? Why is it called Arafat? How many people know that? You went to Hajj. Didn't you prepare? Did you just book a ticket? What Arafa, Ibn Abbas said. What does that mean? It means they recognize. Who recognized? Why is it called recognized? Adam and Hawa met each other there. They recognized. Those Ibn Abbas said it's called Arafat. Also, what else about Arafat? In Nasai, Imam Ahmed in his Musnad, Hakim, Shaykh al-Bani, Rahmatullah, stated Sahih in As-Sahihah, number 1623, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said the covenant was taken at the time Adam was sent down from the heavens to the earth, known as the plain of Arafat. Adam came down, what's the covenant? Surah 7, verse 172. Allah Ta'ala took out all his children from his from his swine and he asked am I not your Lord and we all said Bala absolutely that was the covenant where was that covenant where was Adam when that covenant was taking place Arafat so now why do we go to Arafat this is the answer you're supposed to give we return at least once in our lives to renew our covenant, Bala. This is the place we said it. We've come back to it. What about air conditioning, your fruit cake? And number two, to remember our beloved and illustrious grandparents. This is where it started. They met each other. This is where we gave the, the declaration to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Arafat, this is why you go to Arafat. Then there's Muzdalifah. 
And Muzdalifah is another lecture in itself, right? But this is also a place where Allah Ta'ala told, and the unbelieving Quraysh, they didn't actually used to go to Muzdalifah, because we are the special ones. So Allah Ta'ala then revealed the verse in Baqarah, goes, go to Mash'ar al-Haram, i.e. the place the, where the worship is taking place. So all of this is helping to explain here, how holy these places are. But unfortunately, when you, you know, people don't prepare at all, Hajj is coming around again. Imagine how many people are going to be told these things. Or they're going to learn the dry fig. And people even come back, and they have a negative experience. They don't like to say it. They even say, I'm not going again. Don't you think Allah knows that's in your heart? I'm not going again. But I'm not going to say it to anybody. Doesn't Allah know that? Why have you got that thought in your heart? Because you had a negative experience. Why have you had a negative experience? Because you didn't prepare. But if you actually went, you're not bothered about the stupidity of the people. You think I'm in a holy place? This is a very holy place. Forget what the people are doing. Astaghfirullah. Imagine the Hajj at the time of the Prophet. <laughs> think about that. You know how they were honoring, uh, how they were honoring that holy place. Subhanallah. Now look at the end of the verse. Allah Taala repeats. What does He say? Near the liberated ancient house. So there's a report. In Tirmidhi, Hassan, Hakim, Sahih, Tabarani, Ibn Jarir, Ruh al-Ma'ani, Marif al-Quran, volume 6, page 266. Our beloved messenger, he said, Bayt al-Atiq. It is called because it has been liberated from the control and the domination of the polytheists and tyrants it will never again be ruled by them. So this is very important. What did the Prophet say? The Holy Kaaba can never be overrun by the Kuffar. And it can never be run by tyrants. So now why is that interesting? The Prophet's words are true. So when people say tyrants are in charge of the Holy House, Bakwas brother, he goes, why? It's Bayt al and he goes, well, who's in charge then? He goes, it can't be a tyrant. The Prophet said it. Unless you don't believe in the statements of the Prophet. So note, we know there's problems there. But the words of the Prophet stand. And no matter what, and in future, even when they try to disrespect to the, the Kaaba, when Imam Mahdi uh, emerges, the army of the Kuffar sink at a place called Baida. Allah does not even allow them to get near to the Kaaba. And this is the Kuffar. So you're approaching with your two states of, uh, you know, ikhlam. So how are you going to venerate it? And this is a sign from Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Verse 34. To every people did we appoint rites, i.e. of sacrifice, that they might celebrate the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over the sustenance he gave them from animals, but your God is one God. Submit then your wills to him and give you the good news to the mukhbitin. So now what's interesting, if you look at the previous divine dispensations, at Bayt al-Maqdis there was rituals. They were sacrificed. And they had certain rituals. We don't know much about it, but this verse indicates that that was the case. To every people did we appoint rites that they might celebrate. And if you watch Christian channels in particular, they will tell you a whole ritual that they used to do. There was a place where they would sacrifice 
i.e. to get the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or to show thanks and there'll be a person there who would slaughter the animals and there's a whole system there so all of that maybe was in the previous divine dispensations but who now think about how ungrateful we are who has Allah the almighty and glorious given the greatest rituals to us only the Muslims do hajj so all of that we say mashallah may Allah accept it what happened in Bayt al-Makkis but we've got the best because Allah says here that mentioning that they did what they did but you have to be Muslims think about that for ilahukum ilahu wahid falahu aslimu without that is pointless but then Allah says وَبَشِّرِ الْمُخْبِتِينَ now what does مُخْبِتِينَ mean? in Ibn Jarir Ibn Katir's tafsir Mujahid said رحمتullah مُخْبِتِينَ those who find contentment in their faith. Look at the very interesting way Allah describes the people who do the proper hajj. Those who find contentment in their faith. And also in Tafsir Thawri and Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, Sufyan Al-Thawri added, who accepts the decree of Allah and submits to Him. Now this is very important. People do the hajj and hajj is such a deed that no matter how many times you do it, you always learn more. You go the first time, you're thinking, I've tried my best. Then you learn more. You're thinking, I need to do some other things I didn't know. And Hajj is like that. Allah Ta'ala says, وَبَشِّرِ الْمُخْبِتِينَ Those who find contentment, i.e., especially with the Hajj, glad tidings. Those who are happy with the decree, submit to him with the rituals, even if they don't understand, glad tidings. Allah Ta'ala is mentioning that the Hajj, is that important? It's a sign of a person's understanding of Islam. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ, he said during his own Hajj, a Hajj without Riyah. A Hajj without Riyah. In other words, I'm doing this is a secret worship, the Prophet said. Meaning, only really Allah knows all the intricacies of the Hajj. People ask questions. Why do we go around the Kaaba anti-clockwise seven times? These are the rituals. Allah is doing that whether you understand it or not. You submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So note subhanallah all of this is helping to explain the great ritual of Hajj. So on the side of us. ذَٰلِكَ وَمَنْ يُعْزِمْ شِعَائِرَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقَوَى الْقُلُوبِ لَكُمْ فِيهَا مَنَافِئُ إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّنْ ثُمَّ مَحِلُّهَا إِلَىٰ الْبَيْتِ الْعَتِيقَ وَلِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ جَعَلْنَا مَنْسَكًا لِيَذْكُرُ اسْمَ اللَّهِ عَلَىٰ مَا رَزَقَهُمْ مِنْ بَهِيمَةِ الْعَنْعَامِ فَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهُ وَاحِدٌ فَلَهُ أَسْلِمُ وَبَشِّرِ الْمُخْبِتِينَ We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu that He makes the Qur'an and the Rabi of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu that He forgives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently uttered. Amen.